Well, Merry Christmas, everybody. It's exciting to be here tonight. It's weird, crazy, on a super warm day to think about that we're celebrating Christmas already. Like, where has the year gone, right? I'm going to guess that two things are probably true for everybody sitting in here right now. Um, One, you're probably a little bit distracted. You're thinking of probably 95 other things you have to get done before tomorrow morning or after this service. And this service, a Christmas service, is just one of the things on your checklist. You got to buy the food, you got to wrap the presents, you got to go to church, you got to prepare the food, you got to feed the dog, you got to open the door so the cat can get out without nobody looking, you got to go here, you got to go. You didn't get, you didn't like that? That wasn't good? No, 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 no cat jokes at Christmas? All right. Distracted, right? We're, We're distracted. The other thing I would guess is that probably you're a little bit tired because there's, if there's one word that could describe what we try to do and accomplish in December every year, it would probably be the word madness. Think about this. Think about everything that you do in the month of December. You try to cram like 80% of all the parties that you're going to go to for the entire year into like a two-week period. And, and if you plan it just right, you can go to nine or ten in just one night, but you don't enjoy any of them, right? Then we say, hey, hey, since, since this is the end of the year and we haven't done anything all year long, let's entirely redecorate our house inside and out in just three weeks. And since we got so much time, let's buy a gift for everybody we've ever met. Let's bake every cookie that we've ever heard of. Let's consume 10 times the number of calories in one month that we would in all the other months combined. And then just for fun, let's write a letter to everybody that we've ever known. Oh, and on top of that, let's let the kids out of school for a couple weeks. It's no wonder we're tired and wore out, right? And so I want to begin the Christmas services today by asking all of us to just take a deep breath. Just take a deep breath right now. Just take a deep breath and simply say, God, slow me down. Just do that. Take a breath and just say out loud, God, slow me down. The reason why is our next few moments together might be the the only time the entire Christmas season where you slow down long enough to think about the real meaning of Christmas. And I want us tonight to lay our distractions aside and just focus for a few minutes about what Christmas means. Christmas is a time that reminds us that God wants our attention. God years, thousands of years ago put a star up in the sky to get our attention and he he sent his one and only son, Jesus Christ, to be born in a manger as the ultimate sign to, to get our attention. Christmas is a reminder every year that we need a relationship with God. And it's, time, it's a time for us to focus on our connection with God, having a relationship with God and connecting with God. To me, that's what Christmas is all about. Christmas is a, is a time where we can connect with God or we can reconnect with God or we can simply just focus on God. There's a verse in the Bible in Jeremiah um, chapter 3 that, that says, you belong to me, so come home. That, that's, that's God talking to us. You belong to me, so come home. One of the fundamental truths in life is that you were created, I was created, we were created to belong to God. You weren't meant to belong to your job or your career. You weren't meant to belong to your past or the things that you regret. You weren't even meant to belong to other people, especially belong to other people's expectations of you. You and I were made 
to belong to God. Listen, he made you. He created you. He knows everything about you. And he made you on purpose, with a purpose, and for a purpose. And ultimately, for his purpose. That's a pretty amazing truth to be reminded of at Christmas time, isn't it? And so this Christmas season here at Central, we've been talking about how God wants us to say yes to him and about how God wants us to come home to him at Christmas. This theme, coming home at Christmas, isn't just something that that we made up. Um, It's not invented by Central Church for a sermon series. Um, It's a well-known phrase, right? We've, We've heard it in songs like, I'll be home for Christmas. It's in the movies, right? In fact, I think every single Hallmark movie ever made is about coming home at Christmas, isn't it? And every one of those movies will tell you there's no place like home. But movies conveniently forget two truths, two real truths about home. Number one is that no home is perfect. Like when you watch a movie about coming home at Christmas, it's the idea of perfection, where everybody gets together and everybody has a great time and everybody's smiling, everybody has every need met, everybody loves every single gift that they get, no food is burnt, no one is ever late, there's never any problems, it's just this wonderful happy time. And in those movies, in every single one of them, there's always this great big drama build up where it's somebody just struggling to get home and their whole thought is, if I could just get home, if I just get home for Christmas, everything's gonna be fine, everything's gonna be great, my life will be perfect, wrong. The fact is that we know that reality is not a Hallmark movie version of home. There's often conflict at home. There are often disappointments at home. There are unfilled expectations at home. Do all of your relatives get along? Anybody? Like, I don't think so. Is everybody going to be perfectly happy with everything they get under the tree this year? Probably not. We aren't getting the car with the bow on it outside. I don't know. Am I? Staff and the guys, anybody got that for me? So not perfect. The second thing about home that the movies forget is that no home is permanent. The fact is that kids grow up, people move away, loved ones pass away. Some of you lost a loved one this year, and, and this Christmas is particularly emotional for you because you're missing somebody that was here last Christmas, and, and, it, and it hurts, deeply hurts inside. And don't get me wrong, families are awesome. Families are absolutely incredible. Family time is awesome. But each and every one of us were designed to be with God. We need God because families don't last forever. Families aren't permanent. We need more than that. We need a relationship. We need a connection to God. That's why this Christmas, I'd like for you to consider a different kind of homecoming, a a spiritual coming home, a coming home to God, a coming home to your creator, a coming home to the one who loves you, the one who made you. Listen, we're wired for God. I can say this all night long, that we belong to God. But it's human nature for us to forget God. I I do it all the time. Do do you? Like, Like if you could be honest tonight, could you say that you forget about God a lot? I mean, think about it. You can go days, weeks, months, even years without even thinking about God because we get distracted. We get distracted by our jobs. We get distracted by our families, our dreams, our hopes, our finances, our debts, our failures, our desires. It's very easy to shove God out of our life even though he's the reason why we're here. Every one of us, including me, the pastor, 
Every one of us do that. And so we need to focus. We need to connect. We need to come home to God. Listen, he came to us and we need to come back to him. And what a better time to do that than at the Christmas time. Now, you may ask, hey, Ryan, what can I expect if I come home to God this Christmas? Well, fortunately, the Bible is very clear. It tells us very clearly what you can expect if you reconnect with God. Three things you can expect if you come home to him. The first one you can expect is you can expect to come home to his love and his forgiveness. His love and his forgiveness. That's the very first thing that we can, we can look forward to. Think about this. Jesus Christ left his home in heaven to come to our home on earth. Why would he do that? So that we would get to know him and so that God could say, I love you. So he could look us face to face and say, I love you and I want to forgive you. Did, did you know that your heavenly father wants you to come home more than you want to come home? Doesn't matter who you are, where you've been or what you've done or, or who you've done it with or how long you've done it. God says, I want you to come home to my love and my forgiveness. That, that is to me, guys, that's what Christmas is, is all about. And so my question to you is, what would keep you from doing that? What would keep you from coming home to God's love and forgiveness? Is it fear? It's a fear of rejection. Maybe, maybe you think, well, God wouldn't want anything to do with me. I'm too far from God. I've been away too long. I've done so many things that he wouldn't approve of. I feel like I'm too far separated to be able to be welcomed back home. If that's how you feel, I want you to know your feelings have led you astray. Look what the Bible says in Romans chapter 8. It says nothing. Everybody say nothing. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Nothing in all creation is able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. And so again, I don't care who you are, what you've done, or how long you've done it. God says, I still love you. I still love you, and I want to forgive you. In fact, just say that out loud right now. Everyone here, just say, God still loves me. Just say it. God still loves me. God still loves me. I'll turn to your neighbor and say, God still loves you. So some of you have never said that out loud in your life. Think about that. Think about the meaning of that. Let that soak in. That no matter what, no matter who I am, no matter where I've been, no matter what I've done, no matter what's been done to me or when it happened, God still loves me. Despite me, despite all of my shortcomings, despite everything I've ever done wrong, God still loves me. Some of you think, though, I'm still too far. I've done too much. And if you think you're too far from God to ever come home for whatever reason, there's, again, this verse I alluded to it earlier in Jeremiah chapter 3 where God says, come home to me, for I am merciful, merciful. See, a, a lot of us think that the Bible only talks about God being angry with us, that, that God just has this big hammer in the sky and he just wants to pound on us. He just wants to bring vengeance and pain and hurt and disappointment into our lives. That's not the God of the Bible. When, when, when we think about all we have done and, and how far and how hard we have ran, I get it. It's, under, it's, it's hard to understand God's grace, a kind of God that could be merciful, but that's the God of the Bible. A God who loves us no matter what. And you might ask, well, Ryan, how can I know that God loves me? Christmas. <laughs> I mean, the Christmas story proves it. That God came to earth in human form as Jesus Christ to say, this is, this is what I'm like. This is, this is who I am. 
And I just want to look at you. And I just want you to know, I love you and I want to forgive you. First John chapter four, verse nine says this, God showed how much he loves us by sending his only son into the world so that we can have eternal life through him. This is real love. He sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. The reason why God loves you and you can know it is that Jesus didn't stay in the cradle in the manger. He didn't remain eight pounds, six ounce baby Jesus forever. He grew up and he literally went from the cradle to the cross. And on the cross, with his arms outstretched, he was in essence saying, I would rather die than live without each one of you. That's how much God loves you. Listen, the greatest expression of love is Jesus Christ coming to earth. That, that's what we celebrate at Christmas time. It's the knowledge that God came to earth to show his love for us, to pay for our sins so that we could be forgiven and we could come home to him and live with him for eternity. That's real love. And that's what we celebrate at Christmas time. So the first thing you can expect if you come home to God at Christmas time is you can expect to receive his love and his forgiveness. Number two, you can ex- expect to receive his peace and strength. Peace when things get chaotic in life. And I know none of you experience chaos, right? And strength when you feel like you don't have the energy to go on. We've talked about peace a bunch the past few weeks here at Central. And man, if there's ever been a time where we need peace um, and strength, it's, it's after kind of a year, a year and a half that, that we've had. And so let me ask you this question. If you don't follow Jesus, where do you go for peace? If you don't have God in your life, where do you draw strength from? Like, like, where do you go for peace? And where do you get strength from if you're not connected on a moment-by-moment basis? Listen, Jesus Christ has an incredible offer for you. Jesus said in Matthew 28, he says, if you're tired from carrying heavy burdens, and I don't, I don't know how many of you that would include, but I'm gonna let you know I'm in that line right there, tired from carrying heavy burdens. He says, if you're tired from carrying heavy burdens, come to me and I will give you rest for your soul. I love that verse because it says the exact opposite of what most people think God will say to them. Most people think if God wants me to come home, he's gonna say, come home to me and I will give you a bunch of rules. Come home to me, and I will give you a bunch of regulations. Come home to me, and I will give you restrictions. Come home to me, and I will give you religion. Come home to me, and I will give you ritual, and I will give you tradition. But God doesn't say any of those things. He says, come to me, and I will give you rest. That sounds like a great deal, doesn't it? Rest. God literally wants to give us rest for our souls. Because when you relax, and you stop depending on your own energy and start depending on God to help you out, it's, it's kind of like, like a lamp. Now, work with me on this, all right? It's kind of like this lamp here. It doesn't matter what a lamp looks like. It doesn't matter how big a lamp is, how small a lamp is. A lamp is designed to do one thing. What is that? Give us light, right? Shine light. It doesn't matter how big the wattage is on the bulb or anything. The lamp can never do that. Until you turn it on. And you can't turn it on until you do what? 
until you plug it in to a power source. Until you literally plug it in. Only then can a lamp fulfill its purpose and be turned on. It's the same thing for us. When we receive Jesus Christ into our lives, he literally becomes the power source in our lives that fuels us. All of a sudden you get plugged in to that power source and you're not on your own anymore. And you discover his plan for you and his purpose for you and what it is that he wants us to do. The reason why many of us are so tired all the time, fatigued all the time, stressed out, is because you're trying to live on your own power and you are never meant to do that. God never meant for any of us to live on our own power. He says, I want us to be in a relationship. I made you and I want my power to flow through you on a regular basis. The Bible says he, God, gives power to those who are tired and worn out and he offers strength to the weak. And this next verse says that God will strengthen you with his great power so that you will not give up when troubles come. You will not give up when troubles come. You ever felt like giving up? Have you? I, be, I bet if we were all honest tonight, we would all say, yeah, at, at times, yeah. Maybe you have felt like giving up on your marriage. Maybe you felt like giving up on the hope of ever getting married. Maybe you've, you've given up hope on ever getting married again. Or you've given up hope on your career or you've given up hope on your kids, or on your dream, or maybe there's a habit that you just can't seem to break. You've tried, you can't break, break it, and so you're discouraged, or maybe you're discouraged by some other situation or some circumstance that on your own, in your own power, you've tried to fix your marriage, your career, your finances, your whatever, and you have felt like giving up. God has brought you here today so that you can hear, don't give up, don't give up. You know what you need to do? You need to look up. God is saying, look up to me and get plugged into the source. See, church, here's the good news. God loves you and God wants to help you. But it's amazing to me that we look to everything else but God to help us. And when we look for everything else, we're trying to find peace of mind. The the other day I saw this ad on Facebook, it's a true story. It was for peace of mind crystals and bath salts. I was like, great. That's awesome. If my marriage is falling apart, I'll just take a bath. Great. I'm going bankrupt. I'll light a smelly candle. Like, I'm sorry. But, But for me, I need more for peace of mind than just some candles and a bath. And think about it. Like, if it were just that easy, if it was just, if it was just that simple, life would be great. Yes, yes, we, we, we need peace of mind as we're going through stuff, but the only way we're going to get it is in the presence of God. So if you've been feeling down, if you've been feeling discouraged, if you've been feeling a little anxious, fatigued, worried, let me suggest you an incredible antidepressant. Come home to God. Just come home. Come home to the one who made you the one who created you, who's watched every moment of your life, who formed you in your mother's womb and who has watched you from your very first breath. He knows everything about you and he still loves you anyway, forgives you and says, come home to my peace and strength. When you do that, that's when you have peace of mind. Today, you can come home to God's peace and strength. Peace comes from having God's presence in your life. And when you're hooked into God, you can then do what the song Silent Night says, sleep in heavenly peace. How many of you would like that? I would love that. 
If you come home to God at Christmas, you can expect to find his love and forgiveness, his peace and his strength. And number three, you'll come home to his hope and his joy. Hope when situations seem hopeless in your life and joy when you feel grief or sadness or depression. All of us need those. The Bible says in Romans 15 verse 13, may God, the source of hope, may God, the source of hope, fill you with all the joy and the peace as you trust in him. That, that, that verse is gigantic, huge. Joy, hope, and peace. How many of you want those three things? You know where they come from? You know where they come from? Trusting God. That's what that verse tells us right there. Joy, hope, and peace come from trusting God. The more I trust God, the more I'm filled with joy. The more I trust God, the more my life is filled with his peace. The more I trust God, the more my life is filled with hope. If I don't feel hope, if I'm feeling hopeless, if I don't feel joyful, if I don't feel peaceful, it means one thing. I'm not trusting God because he is the source of all of those things. Listen, God's forgiveness takes care of our past, all the things we've ever done, all of it, every bit of it, forgiven, like washed away. God's peace and God's strength gives us help in the presence. Then God's purpose and plan for our life gives you hope for the future. That's such a great deal, isn't it? Past, present, and future. I I don't know what you've gone through this past year. It may have been a very difficult year for you personally. And maybe you're reeling from it, from the tension, the pressure, the stress, or from the grief. I, I, I don't know what you're going through, but I know this. God's not finished with you. He's, he's not. If your heart is still beating, if you're still taking a breath, it means God still has a plan for the rest of your life. We say all the time around here, if you're not, then God's not. If you're not dead, God's not done. God has a plan for every day of your life. And, and listen to me. You can either choose his plan or reject it. But God wants the rest of your life, listen to me, God wants the rest of your life to be the best of your life because one day he wants to take you home to his home, which is a perfect home, which is a permanent home, a place called heaven. Now, I I need to say this because this is the reality of where some people could be tonight. A lot of people don't want to come home for Christmas because home for them is literally hell on earth. The whole idea of coming home brings too much pain because for them, home is a place of anger, a place of frustration, maybe violence or abuse, a place of shame, a place of guilt or resentment or pressure or manipulation or a thousand other words that you want to put right there. And there are a lot of people who run to other things besides God to help them with those things. And what you need to know is there are some needs in your life that only God can meet. That, that, by the way, is one of the reasons so many people have marriage conflicts and divorces. Because people expect their spouse to be God. They expect their husband or their wife to meet all of their needs. It's impossible. They can't. They're they're just human. You and I, we cannot meet everybody's needs. If you think your family, your home is going to meet every need in your life, you're setting yourself up for a major disappointment. Only God can meet the deepest needs in your life. Only God. Only God can meet the deepest needs in your life. That's why you don't need to just come home to family You need to come home to God and come home to his family and say yes to what he wants to do in your life. Why did Jesus Christ come to earth? Why do we celebrate Christmas? Because he didn't want to love you from a distance. He wanted to love you up close. And so he came to earth. God came to earth and became one of us so we could know exactly what he was like. Listen, 
There are some things that you can only do up close, like hugging. You can't do that from a distance. I can because I don't hug you. And so this is, this is what I got right here. Merry Christmas. Love you. Mean it. But God loves you so much that he wants to, that he came to be close to us. He was born a virgin as, as the scripture prophesied. And he grew up and he had this incredible ministry and he went to the cross and he died for our sins. But the story didn't even end there. He rose from the dead. Today we celebrate not just a birth, but we celebrate an empty tomb. The empty tomb is proof that we can overcome anything in life. But it started at Christmas. Tonight, I'm not inviting you to come home to religion I'm not even inviting you to come home to a church. I'm inviting you to come home to the creator who made you, who loves you, who sent his son, his only son, to be born, to die for you so that you can have eternal life in heaven. I'm inviting you to come home to God. What I've shared with you tonight is incredibly simple. It's so simple, it's, it's hard for me to preach. It's hard to understand because it's not advanced theology. It's so incredibly simple, this idea of come home to God. Come home to his love and forgiveness. Come home to his peace and his strength. Come home to his hope and his love. The bottom line is, are you gonna take a small step of faith this Christmas and come home to God? Or are you going to let it bypass you another year and continue to celebrate the birth of somebody that you're not connected to at all? To me, that doesn't make any sense. God wants you to come home to him. God, the creator of the universe, the one who made you, wants you to come home to him. He's inviting you. Will you accept him? Can you think of one reasonable, logical, sane reason to delay to not accept his love and forgiveness that he offers? Can you think of one reason? Oh, no, no, God, I know you made me, but I don't really need to know you. I don't need your forgiveness. I certainly don't need your love, and I've got plenty of strength and power on my own. I don't need your strength, God. I don't need any hope, and I don't need any joy. Really? Really? 2 Corinthians 6, 2 says, at just the right time, I heard you. This is, this is God. Just the right time I heard you. And on the day of salvation, I helped you. I helped you. God helped you. No matter who you are, no matter what you've done, I don't care if you're a religious person or a non-religious person. I don't care if you're Catholic or Protestant or Jewish or Buddhist or no religion. This is not about religion. It's about connecting to God. It's about a relationship, not a religion. You can come home to God and say, God, I want to come home to you and I want you to make your home in my heart. The Bible says every time that somebody comes home to God in Luke 15, it says the angels rejoice and throw a party when people come home. The angels are waiting to have your party. You just have to be willing to come home. Let's pray. Father, right now there are people who maybe have never begun their relationship with you. They know about you, they just don't know you. They might believe in you, but they don't have a relationship with you. 
I pray right now that you give them the courage to come home at Christmas. The reality, church, is that every one of us needs to have a relationship with Jesus Christ if we're going to get into heaven. There's no other way. The Bible is very clear on that. By no other name can we be saved than the name of Jesus Christ. And maybe your entire life you've, you've heard the message of Christmas, but it's never been super real to you. And tonight you, you can feel the stirring in your soul. You can feel that pull and you can feel that tug. That's, that's God reaching out to you and saying, come home. And so if you've never asked Jesus Christ to come into your life, I want to give you an opportunity to do that tonight. Just right where you sit. And you could just pray this prayer. It's a, it's a prayer I prayed many, many, many years ago now. Prayer that changed my life. And you can pray it out loud or you can just pray it in your heart, where you sit, in your mind. Just pray, dear, dear Jesus, tonight I give myself to you. Tonight I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Tonight I, I give all of me for all of you. Jesus, I know you died on the cross. And I believe you rose from the grave. And I know you did that for me. So I ask you to come into my life and take over, to rearrange my life. Jesus, tonight I ask you to save me. Save me from hell. Save me from this world. Save me from myself. And I promise, Jesus, for the rest of my life, to the best of my ability, I will follow you step by step. To whatever you say start doing, I will start doing. Whatever you say stop doing, I will stop doing. But I will give all of myself to you. Tonight, I surrender. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen.